Hey, this is the national treasure, Nick Aldis, and I am recommending that you go to savewithconrad.com for all your home buying needs. Not only would I recommend Save With Conrad to friends and coworkers, I have many times already. If I know that they're house hunting, my first recommendation to them always is get in touch with Conrad. His team are the real deal and they will they will be straight up with you and, and do everything they can to, to get you in the house. NMLS number 65084 Equal Housing Lender. Woo! At savewithconrad.com. Right now, Fight Plus, the ultimate digital platform for live sports and entertainment, is offering a free seven-day trial at tryfight.com. Yes, you can access Fight Plus's incredible library full of combat sports, wrestling, and other premium content absolutely free for seven days by going to tryfight.com and the best part you can find them on all major streaming platforms available today so don't waste another second go to tryfight.com that's t-r-y-f-i-t-e.com right now and find out why they are the undisputed champ of live sports and entertainment symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. Kurt Angle and welcome to the Kurt Angle Show. On the show today, we'll be discussing when I was just getting started in WWE developmental. But first, let me introduce to you my co-host, Paul Bromwell. How you doing today, Paul? Kurt, I'm doing great and I'm really doing good because you know why? You're back in your house and you have Wi-Fi, my friend. How does it feel? It feels great, man. It's like uh, heaven. <laughs> Not we have to do my podcast in my car. Yeah. Dude, at the end of last week's show, I don't know if you know this or not, but we were wrapping up the show. All of a sudden, your face just freeze like this. I know. I know you told I me. didn't know if you hit a deer, ran off the side of the road, were in a fatal car accident. I didn't know what happened to your Olympic hero. You froze. I finished the show, but I'm glad you're back and I'm glad your internet works. I'm glad I'm back and I'm glad my internet works. Definitely. Did, did it come back on later that day or what? Um, no, no, not till the next day. And you know what? We're still having problems. Oh, okay. We're well, we better get problems to this day. Actually, Moon Township School District, uh, they don't have any internet, no phone service. What the Nothing. hell? So you can't contact the kids at school. It's crazy. Oh, well, that's not necessarily a bad thing. I mean, the kids can't contact you either. Uh, you know, okay. Well, hey, listen, I know that on your personal Instagram story, I always like to start off with something going on in the Angle household. There was a big announcement that was pushed for uh, for 7.30 a couple nights ago on your Instagram story. <laughs> it was so big, I, I didn't even ask you. I was like, I'm not bothering Kurt. I'm, I'm a true fan. I'm going to log into his Instagram, and I want to find out what's going on at 7.30. I Kurt, why don't, you, well, 
<laughs> What's that? I, I kept the secret from you. You did. Tell everybody the big announcement that you wanted to let everybody know about. I just partnered with Project One Nutrition, and we have this amazing protein that we came out with called uh, uh, American Dream Cookies and Cream Protein. Obviously, I'm a cookies and milk kind of guy, so we wanted to do that theme, and we did cookies and cream. It's actually the best tasting protein I've ever had. We did a deal with GNC. We have worldwide distribution. Mm. We launched it. We have a commemorative box set, uh, collector's edition. Uh, the first 500 um, customers that, that purchase it, it's on my Instagram page, the link on my Instagram page. Uh, you order that, first 500 gets a free autographed uh, signed photo from me. And in the box, you have the cookies and cream protein. You have a shaker bottle, Kurt Angle shaker bottle, Kurt Angle T-shirt, Kurt Angle sticker set, and obviously the, the Kurt Angle uh, cookies and cream protein. But uh, it's a great deal, and uh, that's how we started off with the promotion. And uh, we're really excited about getting this started. Cookies and cream by Kurt Angle. I mean, it it is the American dream. It doesn't get any better than that. And that's exciting. I think what's really cool, worldwide distribution from GNC. This is a big deal, man. Yeah, they have like 6,000 stores worldwide. Wow, it's wow. Pretty, you can go in and get your cookies and cream Kurt Angle. That's cool. Yeah, pretty amazing outreach. Guys, check it out. Go to his personal Instagram page, Lincoln bio, and uh, be one of the first 500 and get that really cool kit that he talked about, the Kurt Angle shaker. You just It's just a little shaker, right, for the protein shake? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I have to do that motion, Paul. Oh, no, okay. I'm, I'm a professional at it. But, hey, you can get all that great stuff. If you're a Kurt Angle fan or have a Kurt Angle fan in your life, you know, that needs to update their protein intake. This sounds like it's a home run, man. You said it's the best tasting one you've ever it had. It is, man. I wouldn't put my name behind if it wasn't. Well, there you go, guys. We're super excited about this for you, Kirk. And uh, a lot of other fun stuff has been in the news lately. You got the WWE draft that went down. Kurt, they were rolling out so many guys. I saw RVD. I saw Eric Bischoff. I saw Molly Holly. I thought you may be rolling out. I here was for asked to do it, and I couldn't, unfortunately. I wish I could have. I would have loved to be there and uh, announce a draft pick, but unfortunately I didn't have, I, I was busy that day and I couldn't do it. Yeah. Yeah. You had cookies and cream milkshakes. You had to try out. <laughs> I, I get it. I see what you're doing, but we would have loved to see you, but I thought, man, this is the perfect opportunity to see Kurt, but yeah, uh, they, they offered me, I had to turn it down, unfortunately. Uh, well, there you go. So we got that going on in the WWE big draft. They got the new belt, the world heavyweight championship belt. It's pretty cool looking. It's it's a sweet looking title, mixed reviews, but I think it's growing on me. So that's uh, that's out there. And then uh, on the flip side, AEW Wembley, uh, they're going to be in Wembley, Wembley man. Yeah, they've already sold. Uh, you know, again, we're recording a few days early than when this released, but as of the first day pre order, Kurt thirty five thousand tickets, four point wow, seven man. million dollar gate already. Great reception, man. That is really good. Really hey. good. You know how big how big a wrestling fans are there are oh, in the UK, God, man. Yeah. yeah, you know what? You knew that was going to happen. That's, when we were in TNA, we had a great turnout, too. You did. It, it you was did. always our favorite place to go to because we would get like nine, ten thousand 10,000 fans at a TNA event. It was pretty cool. Man, it's exciting time to be a wrestling fan. You, you hear that a lot lately. You've heard it a lot the last few years, but it really is when you see, uh, you know, we're pretty much through, uh, you know, we've come through the whole COVID, the whole pandemic era. People are back at it, back at the WrestleCons. They're back doing the meet and greets, seeing you, back supporting wrestling, going to the big events, WrestleMania. You got the big Wembley show, lots going on. It's an exciting time. And how I want to uh, transition that is, not only is it an exciting time for wrestling right now, but we're having a blast 
going through your career. And we're going to start day one-ish for you <laughs> because we're talking about your developmental days this week, buddy. And uh, this is going to be some exclusive content to the Kurt Angle Show. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. If you're not on our YouTube page, this is going to be one of those YouTube episodes that you're going to want to watch on that platform because uh, I'm going to show some clips this week that Kurt, I don't even know. That, seen. Yeah. yeah, I don't know that you've ever seen some of these. No, I haven't. I'm actually looking forward to it. And we're going to have them all for you and to kind of tell the story of your developmental uh, career or your start in the in the in wrestling in chronological order and uh, with some uh, vignettes, with some interviews, with some wrestling matches. Um, but it's all right here, going to be encapsulated in this one episode. Uh, so let's get started, man. I'm really excited to talk about it. Can you tell you know us? Are any inspiring inspiring wrestlers that want to wrestle or eventually plan on wrestling? This is a great episode to listen to. This is how you get started out. And this is how the business is for you when you start out. And I think that's important because there are a lot of people out there that listen that are aspiring to be pro wrestlers. So, Kurt, let's jump into it. You sign the dotted line with the WWE, right? And not a very good contract. <laughs> not a very good contract. We've we've talked about that before on the show. But okay, it's time for next steps. What does that look like for you next step wise? Uh, and they say, hey, uh, we're going to put you in what we call our developmental uh, system. What, you know what? what? Their developmental system back then was very primitive. <laughs> what I mean by that was they didn't have a lot. Uh, they had a warehouse a couple of miles from the WWE headquarters. It was a WWE warehouse and production building, and they had a wrestling ring set up in there. And what happened was Dory Funk Jr. signed a contract with WWE to do his Dory Funk and Dojo at the WWE headquarters. And Tom Pritchard was one of the coaches. And that's how I started. And um, it was it was different. I mean, they brought in 12, 15 guys. Uh, Edge and Christian were part of it. Um, a kid named Steve Bradley. Uh, uh, Glenn Kalka, if anybody knows Glenn, he's from Canada, pro, pro football player. Uh, uh, Matt Bloom, Baldo, um, there were a lot of great talent that, that came there and, uh, uh, starting out, it was, you only trained five days. Okay. You, you trained all day long. You're taking 300 bumps a day. It was brutal. I literally quit after the first day. Cause I was like, I can't do this. I told my manager, I can't bump around like this. It's like beating the shit out of yourself. And he's like, just, just stay till the end of the day and see if you can make it. And I did, and uh, but I was getting ready to walk out because it was like self abuse. You said you trained five days, Kurt. Is it a mix mixture of cardio and wrestling? And I mean, it, it, it was uh, it was uh, mainly all wrestling. Uh, some conditioning things we did in the ring. You know, they a lot of uh, wrestling uh, schools do that. Uh, but for the most part, it was technique and storytelling, psychology. And uh, we would work out at the gym in the morning. We'd do our cardio and weightlifting. And then the afternoon and early into the evening, uh, it would go all the way through four or five hours. We would train wrestling. And uh, the thing is, I was only doing it five days a month. And then I would go home and wait for 25 days. And it was like, but but what they did is they had um, independent shows after those five days. They would have a couple independent shows back to back for day six and seven up in the Northeast near Boston. And that's where we go to have our, our practice matches. We would go to these small independent shows that had like 60, 70 people. Uh, you know, it was very humbling, but um, it, it was a good way for me to start. Uh, I, I really enjoyed doing that. Uh, the only thing is, 
I, I just wasn't getting enough training because being there for a week and then being home for three weeks. So I told them, I said, listen, I, I need more training. So what they did is they decided uh, they partnered me up with a kid named Steve Bradley, who I think is the best wrestler to never make it to the WWE on TV. And uh, they partnered me up with him and they would fly me up every other week and have Steve train with me at the WWE headquarters. And uh, so I started getting that, but uh, we'll continue on. Yeah. 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 We'll, we'll definitely get into some of those stories, but did, did they tell you, Hey, we're going to send you to various promotions until you're ready for the main roster. Was that something up front? You knew that as you trained, Hey, I could be going to this, to this promotion, that promotion. Were you aware of all that? Oh no, it, it was very safe. It was like, uh, almost like closed doorish. Like you, we only did a couple of the independent promotions that WWE was tied to yes. in the Northeast. And, uh, so we'd only do two shows and that was it. And, uh, they, they didn't tell me if I could do uh, independent shows or not. I figured I was under contract with them, so they would tell me exactly what uh, okay. to do, and that's what I did. And but back then, like I said before, it was very primitive. There wasn't a lot of training back then. There wasn't an OVW. There wasn't an NXT. Sure. They had a Dory Funk and Dojo, and that was it. So you, so Dory, Dory Funk and Tom Pritchard, they're your trainers. Are they the guys that are communicating with you as far as where you're going to go wrestle to, or are they just simply your trainers? Like who's your mouthpiece? They, they were you working simply with? our trainers. Okay. Um, uh, they, they didn't do anything more than that. Uh, the WWE eventually sent me to Memphis, uh, but I had to speak up about that because I was like, listen, I'm not getting any practice. I'm getting like two matches a month and uh, every other week you're having me come up for a few days uh, because the Dory Funk and Dojo didn't pan out. There was like three of them, and then it was gone. Yeah, it was done. For some reason, they they ended the contract. So I was like in limbo. Yeah, I was like, I need to go somewhere. And they said, we're going to send you to Memphis. Well, let's get into it. Uh, so the first match that we could find for you was in New England for a promotion called WWA. And uh, you would be taking on a, a, a buddy of mine. I've been able to do some, some podcasts with him behind the uh, ad-free paywall. Bruce Pritchard's brother, Dr. Tom, and it's in Salem, Massachusetts. You, uh, he would get the win. So do you have any memories of working with Dr. Tom? Uh, yeah, yeah. Tom was great. Um, he was really basic, which I loved. Uh, he didn't, we didn't call the match beforehand. He, he actually led me through the match. So he didn't want me to be confused or have to remember anything because this is my first match. I was only training for four days. This is my fifth day. And here I am wrestling a match already. So Tom kept it basic and uh, he called the whole match to me and made it really easy on me. So, and, and plus that's a good way. If you become a good follower in pro wrestling, you let people lead you, you eventually become a good leader because you understand how to follow. And then eventually you, you understand, you know, you, you see the other side, seeing what Tom is doing for me and you're experiencing that. So you become a great leader eventually. And you said, Hey, Dr. Tom was one of my trainers. So it's gotta be, at least there's some sense of comfort, a comfort level. Oh yeah. The first match. Tom was safe. He didn't do anything yeah. dangerous. He, he always like, uh, you know, health, good health was always the, the, the most important thing in, in these matches, not getting, not anyone getting injured. So Tom took it, you know, Tom was really, uh, very light. Yeah. And he, and again, there's a comfortability there because Hey, he, not only is he going to be late, but he's also going to be comfortable to work with because hell I'm training with this guy. So he knows what I'm good at, what I'm not good at. He's going to call the moves that are going to help make me look good. 
we were familiar with each other. That's Definitely. right. Yes. Well, listen, buddy, a little bit of a surprise here for you. Our man, uh, Derek Sabato reached out to Dr. Tom this week and he asked, uh, what he thought of working with you in Massachusetts. That Derek's night. awesome. I love that guy. Yep. And Dr. Tom, saying? Dr. Tom said this, he said, Kurt was a natural from day one. He had the understanding of what this was and he was great in Massachusetts. If he was nervous, he didn't show it at all. And, uh, so there you go, man. Uh, Dr. Tom Pritchard, listen, he has his own wrestling school, him and Kane down in Knoxville, Tennessee. Can't recommend it enough. Check it out. JPWA. Yeah, Big fan wrestler, go there. Definitely. Tom is the one of the best. Absolute best. Yeah. Lo love it. Well, listen, the next night you defeated Sean Stasiak. You remember him. They, yeah. He would go by meet in WWE for a little bit in Newbury, Massachusetts. And we have the first clip of the week, buddy. Now this awesome. is a little... We have it. It's uh, for your second wrestling match ever. Guys, this is history here. If you're a Kurt Angle fan, come check us out. YouTube. Here we go. This is August 21st, 1998. Kurt Angle on his way to the ring. Take on Sean Stasiak, second generation wrestler. His father, Stan the Man Stasiak, competed in WWF. Years ago. Engel being accompanied by his coach, legendary Dory Funk Jr., brother of Terry Funk, former NWA tag team champion, was Dory Funk. Stasiak and Engel staring each other down. Referee trying to keep them apart. Rory Funk encourages his protege as the referee. I'm going to mute this a little bit, Kurt, as we watch this together. Do you have any recollection of this match at all? As you're oh, yeah. It? Yeah, this is against Sean. Uh, Sean, very talented. Uh, one of the most talented wrestlers in that camp. Um, he, ha he had um, a little bit more experience than most of the other wrestlers. I think he's been training probably for about a year up until this point. But... Um, he had all the tools, man. He he had the look. He had the promo skills. He had the wrestling. The problem with uh, uh, um, Sean was he had no confidence. Hmm. That really crushed him. Um, if he would have had more confidence, he would have been a huge star in the WWE. And, uh, man, it, it's got to feel a little bit different, though, because you start out with Tom, and now you're here with Sean. Two very different sizes, styles, et cetera. So this is good experience, though, for you. Yeah, Tom was a better in-ring worker. Uh, Sean was a better athlete. You see, he just did a kip up. He's yep. 260 pounds, six foot two. Looks like a great god. Um, so it is different. Uh, but but Sean was a better athlete than Tom. Tom was a better in-ring worker. All right, let's go back into this, and we'll listen to a little bit of a uh, you're, you're pacing it right, a little bit of a slow pace as you get into it. Again, match number two in your career, which is kind of cool to see. Side headlock. Trots to the side by Stasiak, sends Angle off, shoulder tackle. Uh, as far as the commentator, it sounds like it might be his second match he ever called as well. <laughs> so we're just going to have a little fun with that. Look at it. Here comes the slams, baby. Hip tosses. I mean, looking nice and snapping it all, all good. I mean, all the technique is there right into the arm bar. And, yeah, you know uh, what? Sean, Sean really, he really flowed really well in that. I mean, very few guys can jump like that. 
and uh, he was really easy to work with. And this is obviously way before you came out with the uh, with the with the slinglet gear and and the blue and all that, right? You're wearing the basic uh, the basic shorts. Yeah, I'm trying to portray Stone Cold Steve Austin as much as I can. <laughs> you got the little wrestling boots on, you know, a very basic look out of you, just trying to learn your craft here. Wearing all black. Yep. All right, let's uh, let's check out what our what our brilliant commentator has to say here. See Jack back back angle into the corner. Angle won a gold medal, nineteen ninety six Olympics. He catches a shot to the stomach. Stasiak, Stasiak, whips him across, Engel reverses it, Stasiak in, and he gets caught in an arm drag. Stasiak back up in an ar another arm drag into an arm bar. it's like watching old home videos right now you know <laughs> i know this is got to be from a vhs have, have your kids ever seen any of this stuff like these are no no they haven't um can you find this on youtube it is and uh, they'll be able to watch it right here on the kurt angle show That's after right. we're done um they may they may watch it for 30 seconds you never know <laughs> <laughs> with their attention span maybe 30 <laughs> But here he is, uh, drilling you right into the solar plexus, Kurt. You're learning how to take these bumps and hits and sell them. Yeah, like I'm not selling already. very well, but you know, well, you know, this is my second match, so. But at least, at so. least you're 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 you're, you know, kind of ducking your head down like it hurts a little bit. Now here's a nice suplex straight up and down. Took that nice. You're selling the back. I didn't have much of a choice. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that probably that really hurt. That's a two count. He thought he was going to pin you on a suplex. Now that would have been kind of pathetic. <laughs> Isn't that nasty that we actually think that? I know. Oh, hey, no pin on a suplex. Why are you <laughs> What is it's this? True, JV wrestling. What are we doing here? And then that was a good sell. Yeah, taking the turnbuckle. Now come on, taking those turnbuckle head turnbuckle. That never seemed like it had to feel good. I don't care what they say. <laughs> you know what? It messes up your nose a little bit, but. It's not too bad. Nice roll up there. It's fun, man. Just thinking that this is match two and, you know, the flow and some of the moves that you're doing, the counter moves. I'm extremely happy with this match, considering it's just my second match, my fifth time, my fifth day in the ring. Unbelievable. Yeah. I'm uh, really proud of myself with this one. Kurt, has there ever been a match that you watched and you said, man, I'm, I'm not really proud of myself? You know what? Honestly, no, no, no. <laughs> I, I know I, I should, um, there, there was a match where, and, and I mean, no disrespect to Eddie Guerrero, but there was a match where Eddie was really hurting. Okay. Was bothering him. I think it was his heart at that particular time. Oh boy. And, uh, I couldn't get him going. I mean, it was, he was like holding against the rope and saying, leave me alone, leave me alone. And, and, uh, it was really hard to get him going. And it was an, it was a lumberjack match. And, uh, it hmm. just, it went on forever and it was, uh, it was just, wasn't Eddie, you know, do you remember I, if that was a televised one greatest of all time? Huh? I wonder if that was a televised match. Cause I'm sure. I believe so. It was, a, it. I think it was a SmackDown Friday night, SmackDown, okay. uh, lumberjack match. The only lumberjack match I had with Eddie. All right. I'll have to and go you back. Tell and there was something yeah. going on. 
And you know what's nice too? You're, you're going into the ropes, coming in and out of the ropes nice and quick, springing off of them nice, right into the sunset flip. I like it. Yeah, and you know what? This ring was shit. It, it, it looks <laughs> like ropes, complete shit. They weren't ropes, man. You couldn't lean on them. You had to like, you know, pretend like you were leaning on them. There we go. Nice little uh, sidewalk uh, suplex there. And uh, yeah, Kurt's still not going down. Stasiak's really giving that ref. Up. He, that ref really doesn't know how to count to three in Sean's mind. <laughs> really struggling with the Uno Dos Trace. Now he just called for the Chris Benoit. You know, it's over. I Body slam. He's going up. Yes, he is. He's going to fly. As much as I would love to play the commentary right here, I, I can't bore our fans to tears. And Kurt says, no, I don't think so. I'm coming. I'm going to catch you. Oh, no, I'm going to duck. <laughs> that was the most basic thing I could do. <laughs> yeah, because he didn't see that one coming. <laughs> and then, I was looking at him the whole time. I know. It was like, oh, beautiful. Belly yeah. to belly, Kurt. That I was gorgeous. Like that. I never just go. I usually pause and then go. That was Magnum TA style belly to belly, right into the belly to back. I love it. See, I I was a huge fan of TA back in the 80s, and that was the off-the-ropes belly-to-belly. Oh, that's a nice pinning combination, and you got him. What yeah, was that? I've never seen you use that. Move. I had, Is I had it? my amateur wrestling flavor into it. But that was that was pretty, and there you go, Kurt. You win uh, your second match of all time. How does it feel? You get your first big victory under your belt. I only won, I won that second match. It was my second match I won. Oh, right. That's right, Dr. T. I lost that's, right. that's right. Yep, you won your, your, your second match. You won your first match in your second match, should I say? Yeah. Okay. You're confusing the shit out of me. Yeah. Well, it doesn't take much. I mean, it doesn't take much for me to be confusing. Uh, but what about Sean Stasiak? Any other memories that you have with him? Because listen, your future future first pay per view opponent uh, in the WWF is Sean Stasiak. Stasiak. Yes. You know what? We had a really good match. Um, you know, uh, uh, Vince kind of chimed in and made me cut a promo halfway through the match, which scared the shit out of me because I, I never grabbed the microphone before. <laughs> and, uh, but, uh, what I want to tell you about Sean, um, Oh, we were talking about the match and, uh, Oh, I want to tell you a story about Sean. Yeah. Let's hear it. This also affected his career. And I hate to say this, but I have to let the cat out of the bag. All right. Sean was losing his hair just like I was. So <laughs> we all have, so, he decided to get a hair replacement surgery. Oh God. And it was, it was a week before he was called up. <laughs> what are we doing? So he called the WWE and said, Hey, I can't be called up right now. I'm getting my head hair done. I'm getting and plugs like, put in, but Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. We'll take care of you then. And I think that's part of the reason why Sean, it's not because he didn't lose his confidence because of that, but I think that that put him in a, you know, and paint him in a corner where, okay, this guy's not going to be a team player. Uh, we need you now. Guy. And yet you're telling him you got to get your hair plugged in, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And they were like, we want you to debut right now. He's like, I can't, I have to wait about two months. And I was like, okay, you can wait two months. Let's see what happens then. <laughs> and, uh, so, you know, when I look at it, I just wonder if that might've affected it. Yeah. A little bit. I don't know. Yeah, I'm with you. Playoffs. Are you talking about playoffs? That's right, the playoffs are here, and your friends at Manscaped are here too. And they're making sure your balls are as kissable as the Stanley Cup. Whether you're an NBA or NHL guy, you want to give your nuggets the best clippers to rid them of pubes and help them see the summer sun. Don't let your little devils go wild. 
Use the lawnmower 4.0 and get your boys as smooth as jazz. You can have the balls of kings by going to manscaped.com and using code ANGLE for 20% off plus free shipping. Manscaped has been a lifesaver for your Olympic hero. You know I eat a lot of chicken snacks and as a result, my pubes grow strong and healthy. The last thing I want is my ball hair to put an ankle lock on my homegrown milk truck. And that's where Manscaped comes in. The lawnmower 4.0 has my pubes tapping out in no time. So take advantage of this exclusive offer now and join me, your Olympic hero, and making sure your head down there looks like my bald head up here. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code ANGLE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off plus free shipping with the code ANGLE at manscaped.com. Pick a winner, hit the playoff push, and use Manscaped to shave that bush. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Buddy, listen, the following night, okay, after your second match, you defeat Christian. Christian, oh, he was hilarious. That kid never, he was always fucking around the ring. I mean, I was nervous as hell. This is my third match, and Christian's cracking jokes in there, and I'm like, would you stop? Just just let me get through the match. That's all I was concerned about. But Christian, you know what? He kept it lighthearted, and it made it, he made it easy on me. So good. He's still doing it. He's back in AEW now doing it. He's still doing it. You know what? This was 25 years ago. He's still going. And he was wrestling for several years before that. That's right. It's crazy. Uh, Kurt, also that night, you would win a battle royal. Okay. Working twice in one night, man. So that's pretty fun already. Yeah. You know what? The battle royal back then um, wasn't that hard. They didn't really plan anything. They just said, hey, you know, throw a bunch of people out and uh, you're going to (laughs) win. So, it was, you know, there wasn't a lot of planned stuff. There weren't any spots called the match. So, so listen, we all know you were coming in as this Olympic gold medalist. Were there any fun ribs or anything these guys were doing to you as you're going through this developmental process to be like, oh, oh, Mr. Gold Medalist, <laughs> huh? You know what? I was really respectful. I was very humble when I started out. I never had problems with anybody. Everybody seemed to respect me and like me. At least I thought they did. So I never had any problems. Uh, fortunately for me, uh, everybody seemed to like me. Well, uh, Kurt, you would also wrestle Tiger Ali Singh in the Northeast as well and would continue working uh, with him before then wrestling, a guy that you mentioned at the top of our show, Steve Bradley. Um, and he was uh, he was big time in the indie promotion, PCW, here in Pennsylvania. Steve Bradley played a big part. You said it, like I said at the beginning of the show, uh, in your in your career here in developmental uh, tell us a little bit more about Steve Bradley and his influence on you. Well, Steve, okay, this kid was incredible. All right, he was 19 years old when WWE signed him. I, I believe 18, actually. He had his own TV show in the Northeast, up near Boston. He was wrestling since he was nine. He had this show that was on cable TV. The cable TV station was paying him for his show. Mm-hmm. I mean, he had all these crazy characters, Ice Cream Man and... and uh, um, uh, what's the other one? 
super uh, super frog. Like they were, they were they were they were kids' names. Like it's, you know, it was a kids' promotion. Though. Okay, it was really cute. I watched a couple of episodes, and it was pretty cool. But Steve was really talented, and, and I believe the WWE signed him because of his talent. But I also believe they signed him to to glue him to me. Because everywhere I went, Steve Bradley went. So, uh, you know, like uh, we went to Dory Funka Dojo. He was there. And then a couple weeks later, I called the WLB and say, hey, I need more training. Okay, come up and train with Steve at the WLB headquarters. So I go up there and train with Steve. And then when I told the WLB I wanted to go to Memphis, Steve Bradley came with me and he was my roommate. So it was like WLB was attaching him to me to make me better. And I, I'm not sure if they were had plans for Steve or if they just uh, gave him a contract to make sure that I was going to be ready by the time WWE wanted me to be ready. But I mean, with, with his talent, I believe the WWE did sign him, but they didn't do anything with him. He never made the main roster, dude. That's no, and they actually forgot about him in uh, Puerto Rico for two years. And they're like, oh my God, Steve's still down there. Let's bring him back to OBW. We lost him in Puerto Rico for two years. <laughs> and then, yeah, and then he comes back to OBW, and uh, he didn't pan out there either, which is crazy because he was so talented. That sounds like a dark side of the ring episode. If I ever heard it, Steve Bradley in Puerto Rico, what happened those two years? <laughs> I mean, that just writes itself. That shit writes itself. Well, uh, yeah, Steve would never make the main roster. So who knows, uh, Kurt, we're going to blame you because that's just what we're yeah, going to do here. <laughs> it's your fault. And, uh, but let's talk about someone else that you had a little bit of fun with down here. And that's, uh, you'd wrestle in the Indies as well as ECWA. And that's good old Michael Hayes, Doc Hendricks. Yes. Hayes. Uh, so this is around, this has got to be the first time you ever met him, right? Yeah. You know what? I love Michael. Uh, absolutely love the guy. Have a lot of respect for him. What he's done for the business, the 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 brains he has for the business. Uh, Michael was a joy to meet. Uh, we connected right away, and we absolutely liked each other a lot. I mean, it was a great friendship, and it's it continues to be to this day. Well, listen, we move forward into uh, 1999, Kurt, and uh, you 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 would would be in March. You would do your whole angle with Tiger Ali Singh on Sunday night. He and that's in Pittsburgh. And here's what the observer had to say. Tiger Ali Singh came to the ring and did his anti-American bit. He offered $500 to anyone in the crowd who would blow his nose on the American flag. He called Olympian Kurt Angle, who just happened to be sitting in the crowd, into the ring. Angle refused, so Tiger upped the offer a couple of times and finally hit $5,000. Angle teased blowing his nose on the American flag, but instead blew it on the Indian flag. Tiger got mad and went after Angle, but Angle tossed him around the ring like a rag doll. A pretty good debut for Angle. But, man, this was a fun debut, but you got some heat about the whole Indian flag thing, didn't you? Yeah, blow my nose in the Indian flag. Hey, it wasn't my idea, but I understand. I mean, that is very disrespectful. But it's something that WWE wrote, and I didn't think about it beforehand. Yeah. So I didn't have a problem about it. But once, once I ca caught heat for it, I was like, oh, man, I really messed up. I mean, yeah. I feel really badly about that. Um, there's no reason to do that. Uh, I do understand that back then it was a little safer to do that kind of stuff than it is now. But uh, I, I wasn't proud of myself for doing that. I should have known better. 
Hey, buddy, we know, remember the days of Shawn Michaels shoving the Canadian flag up his nostril. So, <laughs> you know, you're not the first one. Okay. Uh, and I won't be the last. Yeah. Well, I hope, I don't know. In today's time, uh, it could be a problem. Um, what about this though? Let's talk about the effect it had on you. You're now on TV. You made your television debut. Did anything change for you after this appearance on, on TV? No, no, no. Uh, uh, you know what? I was more recognizable. You know, a lot of WWE fans caught that on TV on on Sunday night heat. Uh, so I just became more recognizable okay. to the WWE universe. That was about it. Well, buddy, uh, it's time for you to move on in your developmental journey. And they, uh, sent you to Memphis to wrestle for power pro wrestling. Talk about your time in Memphis. Did you have a good time down there or what? Yeah, I had a blast. I had a lot of fun with Steve Bradley, uh, Glenn Kalka, uh, Mick Tarney was down there. Baldo was there for a little bit. Uh, you know, we, we had, we had a great group of guys down there. And, uh, you know, the thing is I didn't do a lot in Memphis championship wrestling or pro power pro wrestling. I should yeah. say, yeah. um, I, 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 I only for the first six months I was opening card. Okay. Randy Hales, the promoter didn't want to do anything with me. Uh, you know, I don't know if he just didn't see the talent in me or what, but he wasn't doing anything me to pro progress my career. So, uh, for like six months, I'm doing opening card. I only cut like one or two promos. I think one we have on the I show. I think I was going to say, I think we have all, everything you so did down there. I didn't get a lot of practice. So what I did is I called the WLV and I said, Hey, why don't you bring me up to do some dark matches on Monday and Tuesday night for Raw and SmackDown? Cause I'm off in Memphis on those two days. So I'll work seven days a week. I'll just do two days with the WLV and five days with, uh, power pro wrestling. And they said, that's a good idea. So I went up there and I started doing dark matches. You know, there's a theme going on here and it's not only you took the bull by your horns in the training and we're like, Hey, I need to get more, more reps, more training. Now here you are. Hey, I need to get more on TV, but it's always you taking that initiative. Right. And just not just going with the flow of the program. You can't stay quiet. If you stay quiet, you, you will stay dormant and you don't want to, that to happen. Especially if the promoter's not really thinking about you. You need to be in their face and you need to be recognizable and say, Hey, I want a shot. I mean, you, you do have to speak up at a certain. Yeah. And it worked for you, man. Well, Hey, listen, we're going to take a look at your debut against the yellow jacket. Do you have any idea who that was, by the way? I can't remember, but I think it was Jerry Lawler's son, not okay. Brian Christopher, but the other one, oh, I believe okay. that's who it was, but I I'm not totally sure. Well, listen, you're going to hit one of those infamous or famous belly-to-belly -belly suplexes, and they're going to score the pin, but we're going to take a look at it now. Here it is, Kurt Angle in Memphis, Power Pro Wrestling. Kurt Angle is going to be uh -huh. this way for action. Angle yeah. graduated a graduate of Clarion University days. He's won six national titles as Angle won the world championships in Atlanta. All right, Bruno, leave us alone here. He, he's also won a gold medal in the Olympics there in the 96 Olympics, there he is, the Olympic gold medal winner, Kurt Angle, now a part of Power Pro Wrestling. It's time to get drunk, it's time to represent. Tell the bell ringer what time is it. You ain't the bell ringer. You in the house. Oh, boy. Heard of it ringing the bell. So, so the picture of you looks like what you would eventually come out and wrestle with. And then here you come looking like stone cold. <laughs> yes. That's who I wanted to be. Paul. Yeah, I could, look, they're going to inter interview you. This is going to be classic. Oh, Great to be here. Good to have you. You know, one thing I want to say is this is my first appearance here on power pro television. 
and it's great to be down here in Tennessee. And up at the WWF, they've been talking to me about how tough it is down here in the Power Pro Circuit, so I'm really looking forward to the challenge. And in 1996, I won the Olympic gold medal, and I, re I represented my country, the United States of America. Great. And I proved to the whole world I was the best, the very best. Well, now it's 1999, and here I am in the pro ranks. And once again, I'm going to prove that I am the very best here in the pros. And you know, I got down here on Friday. I came down here on Friday, and, uh, and many of the wrestlers have been speaking their minds, stating that I should stick with the amateur ranks and stay out of the big time. I don't think so. I have a little message for these wrestlers. Nobody tells Kurt Angle what to do. That's right. And nobody, and I mean nobody, gets over on Kurt Angle. So when I get in this ring, I'm going to prove to these guys, I'm going to end this match as quickly as possible because one, I am the very best. That's right. That's right. I am the best. Let's hear it. And like I said before, I don't like to waste any time. And these guys, they're not worth the time. Kurt Angle, 96 Olympic gold medal winner. Kurt's living in Memphis now. We've heard enough of you. We're not Bruno. taking on you and Randy Hale. Bruno, all this bell ringer stuff and you're in the house. Thank you for ringing the bell. All right, that's Finally. enough, Bruno. That's quick. Hey, now, come on. Now, once. Are you that's going to frustrate No, we're not going to do that. Just leave it alone. Hey, look at this. That's a three count. That was quick. Ring the bell again one time. I don't want to. All right. Ring the bell. Kurt, part of me wishes your uh, promo was as quick as your match. Okay. <laughs> I know. That was so horrible. You know what, though? I stuck through it and I got to the end. You did, buddy. I'm just happy I was able to do that because you got the I words out. Just looking at it. I know you were. I saw you slow, so intently staring at it, like, oh, did I fuck up or what? <laughs> but you know what? And you, and you envision where you've come, right? And where your career took you. And it's just cutting your teeth, just getting out and doing it. Even though you look like you were experience. just headed to church, you know, right afterwards. <laughs> like you were it's all about experience, boy. man. Oh, it's so good. Do you even recognize that Kurt Rat version of Kurt Angle now? Oh, no. Hell no. I, I was actually a pretty good looking kid back then. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, don't let Giovanna see it. She's going to ask what the hell happened to you. <laughs> so, so. Hey guys, Eric Bischoff here. and just want to call a quick timeout. I want to tell your listeners about what I've been telling everybody at over at 83 Weeks quite a while now. About all the cool things that are happening over at AdFreeShows.com. An all-new edition of The Insiders is here as Conrad welcomes David Zaudi, the man behind so many iconic video packages WWF fans grew up on including one that left Vince in tears. You got it. And Conrad, I swear, I walked outside the studio and Vince was sitting down on the concrete floor, crying hysterically, just saying, thank you. Thank wow. you. Thank you. I went up to the whole cabin. He says, good job. Can't wait to see it. 15 minutes later in the stairwell, Vince is still sitting down in a different spot now, crying, saying, thank you. Thank you. Jim Johnston created the soundtrack for generations of WWE fans with some of the most iconic themes in history. Jim sits down with Conrad to take us behind some of those classic themes, including The Ultimate Warrior. And then I recorded that. And then just over that, you're just doing... You 
you know, it's so simple, but that's what felt like him. That's just a small taste of what we've got waiting for you with four levels to choose from. See for yourself why ad-free shows is the best value in wrestling today. Sign up now at adfreeshows.com. So listen, hey, the next week you're wrestling Tony Falk, but first you're going to cut another promo and we have that for you. This is my the favorite only promos I cut in Power Pro. Dude, this is like turning into my favorite episode ever. Here we go. Match coming up with Kurt Angle. Oh, there's the cat. Here. We uh, saw him first last week and uh, he's going to be in action here today. He was out to... Here comes your music. It sounds like the Smurfs horn. Last week and uh, here he comes. He, he said he wanted another uh, word. Well, okay, I guess you And uh, here he is right here. Kurt, welcome back. Uh, I know we uh, talked to you a little bit last week, and uh, you wanted to uh, say some <laughs> things to the fans. First of all, it feels great to be down here in Tennessee on the Power Pro circuit. And I'll tell you, I'm really excited about today's match. The first match last week went really well for me. I, I ended up with a win. feel really good about that. But after watching the videotape last week, I realized I was a very cocky jerk. And that had a lot to do with the guys back in the locker room telling me that I don't belong here. I should stick with the amateur ranks. You know, winning the Olympic gold medal was the greatest experience in my life. But I want to do the same here in the pro ranks. I want to win the world championship. And I'll do whatever I have to do. And I know the only key to that is good old-fashioned hard work. Very good, Kurt. Well, I know with that kind of attitude, you're going to have the fans behind you. And I think a lot of championship wrestlers will tell you there's nothing like having that great fan support as you go in the ring. No doubt about it. No doubt about it. I'm very excited to have the fans behind me. I'm ready for today's match, and I want to get another win under my belt. Well, we got a match uh, scheduled for you here today. Now, Tony Falk is going to be in. Tony has uh, asked for this match with you. He said he's got something to prove. He's got something to prove to Brandon Baxter and uh, and some other folks. So here's your opponent right here, Tony Falk. He he uh, he said he's been uh, he's been wrestling for 20 years, and uh, you know he says you're the kid. Yeah, you won the Olympic gold medal in '96, but he's not uh, he's not really sure that uh, you're as good as you say. But I think the fans may disagree. Well, I know that he has a lot of experience under his belt, but you know I do have a. Uh... I'm a lot younger. I'm more prepared. I think I'm ready for this match. I'm very confident I'm going to get the win. Very good. Nothing like confidence, Kurt. Good luck to you. Head in there and let's see what happens against Tony Falk. So, Kurt, I got to ask, who's oh. helping you with your with your gear at this point? Because we went from Stone Cold to now a Chippendales dancer, apparently. So, uh, me and my manager Dave Hawk. That was about it. I should have had somebody uh, helping me out with it, but uh, you know, I I just. Now, I didn't know the if you were going to oil your... Well, I, actually, this was camouflage. This is my camouflage single. This was your camo with the little, hey, I'm still going to le leave my chest and nipples exposed. Just strap them in so they look nice. And I don't know what we're doing. But here you go. You're being attacked. And here comes a run-in. Let's Nick hear what's Tierney going on here. Over, but Nick Tierney has come in and thrown Kurt Angle out of the ring. Now he grabs Tony Falk. What's he doing? All of a sudden, Kurt Angle is back in there saying, hey, you got a problem. Take it up with me, not with him. I just beat him. Wow, down to the mat goes Mick Tierney. And now the referee talking to Kurt Angle. Tierney comes back with a clothesline. Oh, man. Here comes all the thugs then. 
and also some folks who are not thugs. I see Aaron O'Grady yellow jacket in there. They're they're trying to just keep them apart. Let's hope they do that. Yeah, let's hope they do that. And we're going to get out of here, Kurt, because this has just been too much fun. That and was pro wrestling at its worst. <laughs> well, Kurt, we're on to clip four. Uh, I believe this is you. Uh, and we're going to, I'm going to go ahead and play it because uh, I think this is you against Bulldog Rain. So let me pull this up and we're going to see if this is it or not. But I believe this is from 1999 of April. Let's check it out. Hey, coming this way right now, we got more action coming up in the ring. Bulldog Rays, here he comes. He's going to head into the ring against a young man who is the 1996 Olympic gold medal winner. Talking about Kurt Angle, who is from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Yeah, to Clarion University. He's won six national titles, won the world championship in Atlanta, and won that gold medal, Dave, in the 1996 Olympics. Man, I'd never thought I'd say this, but I love the you suck music so much. <laughs> I don't know what we're this doing is here. Boring shit, man. This, <laughs> this is, sucks. and here you come again. You're all oiled up, and you have that uh, that Chippendales gimmick going. Gosh, I don't know why we would oil up because all it did <laughs> is made us slippery. This <laughs> was, he stopped oiling up in 2001. This this was beforehand. And this is the big bulldog. Do you remember him at all, or is this just bringing back? Oh, oh, you're going to talk. Here we go. I've had here in my pro career, but I continued my quest of being the very best by pinning your shoulders one, two, three to that mat. But then you opened up a whole new can of worms when you had your thugs run into the ring to do me harm. And then you had the tenacity to lay your Irish flag on top of me and drop the elbow. Well, you did me no harm. You didn't hurt me. No siree. The only thing you did was get me mad. This isn't over, not by a long shot, Mick. And you will see that the good old boy from the U.S. of A. will prevail once again. Until we meet again. Kurt Angle. As we watch that, Kurt, Vince McMahon was a genius with your character. The no siree, the, 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 all the stuff that you really elevated and escalated in, into your character that drink your milk and that corny shit. That was the perfect way to, you know what? There's a part of me inside myself. That is that goofy. Go yes. Goofy uh, that Vince read and that he, leave it to beaver kid. Yeah. 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 And he saw that gullibleness about me and he was like, we're going to utilize this. We're, we're going to capitalize off of it. it. Yeah. Yeah. But you could see, and you could see it here and this is you just being you. It is, man. Really, I, that's all it is. Uh, I, I didn't have to change anything. It was like I just had to adapt. But it's like what they say, you know, the best, the breast, the uh, the breast, the best wrestler, right? Or the character for a wrestler is who they are turned up the dial about, you know, 10 notches. And that's yeah. really how it worked out for you. Yeah, without a doubt. You're absolutely right. By the way, your absolutely right t shirt are coming to the Kurt Angle Show store shortly. Dominic has nice. designed them. That's one of my favorite quotes. I know. And you always say it to me and it's true. It's damn true because I usually am absolutely right. Well, Kurt <laughs> on April the 10th, 1999, uh, either the people love this show or they hate, they hate this show, but I'm loving every minute of it. What's that? I love it, man. So on April 10th, 1999, Kurt Angle beat Steve Bradley by a count out. Angle wore a mouth guard during the match. Here you go. Breaking out the old mouth guard. Late in the match, Bradley hit a moonsault and choked Angle on the ropes. Angle came back and hit a body press and a belly to belly. Bradley left the ring, told the crowd he wanted better competition and was counted out. 
All right, here we go. Clip five. Kurt, it's your man. Everybody gets to see it right now. It's you and, and Steve Bradley. Very talented Steve Bradley. This is that match right here. Here we go. Coming up right here today on the Power Hour, Michael P.S. Hayes defending the Power Pro Heavyweight title right here today. He'll be defending it against Vicious Vic Grimes. That's coming up right here today on the Power Hour. How about this, TV? I tell you, uh, yeah, what he pulled over Jones for is ridiculous. I want to find out about that. Uh, maybe we can talk to him. Maybe I can catch up with Darren. All right, that'll be good. We'll uh, try to get him out here and just find out about that. Hey, I want to remind you, we talked about uh, wrestling Mississippi. This afternoon, there's going to be free wrestling in Brownsville, Tennessee. Two o'clock, Countryside Ford Chrysler. Superstar Phil Dundee, Baldo, Brandon Baxter, the part of the syndicate, uh, Kid Wicked, all in Brownsville. Countryside Ford Chrysler at two o'clock this afternoon. Kurt, as they're promoting all this other local shit, do you, uh, what was it like living down there at this time? Do you have an apartment, share an apartment with somebody? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah. We, we lived in an apartment complex. Uh, all of us, uh, a lot of the wrestlers were living there. Uh, I roomed with Steve Bradley. He was my roommate. So, uh, you know, it was wrestling around the clock. That's all we did is talk about wrestling, wrestled, watched wrestling shows. That's really? all we did. We lived for wrestling. That's why we were there. And that's why we did it. And, uh, I really enjoyed it. I had a lot of, a lot of good friendship with Steve. I was really, uh, so he was definitely, if you, you know, to, to use the term, the BFF, but he was your guy, not only in the ring, but just even living around Memphis. Yes. Yes, he was. He was my best friend. And, uh, he, he really, um, pushed me to be a better wrestler. I mean, in this ring this is the most comfortable I've been yet. Yeah. That's because I'm in there with Steve. And, uh, so we're watching you, you against Steve here, but, uh, the talk about the mouth guard bit. So, um, Meltzer noted in the observer, as I was reading through some of the notes here, you break out the mouth guard. Was this something that you, uh, wish you did more on your main roster run? Why did you decide to put it on here? Do you remember back in the day? Um, something happened? Yeah, I wanted to look more like a badass. I thought okay. it would be a certain edge. Uh, but, um, you know, in WWE, I, I couldn't wear that when I was the goofy Olympic hero character. Yeah. So I, I didn't start wearing it again until I was the wrestling machine. I was taken more seriously, uh, but the Olympic gold medalist, you know, the milk drinking nerd, uh, I couldn't, I could wear the mouthpiece. Now, were you working some dark matches here while you were still doing the whole, the whole Memphis deal? Were you still doing some? Um, yes, yes, I was. And by this time I, I actually started with WWE with the dark matches before I wrestled Steve in this ring. Uh, right before that is when I started in WWE doing dark matches, uh, on the road Monday and Tuesday at raw and SmackDown. Anybody uh, give you any shit while you're in Memphis about the, you know being the guy that's uh, hey I'm uh, going back and forth between here and WWF? No, no, but you know I no nobody really told me anything or said anything bad. Uh, no, nobody was disrespectful, but I'm sure there were guys who were a little jealous. I mean, you know, jealousy is a natural thing, and uh, it w wow, jeez, I know, I my know goodness, that. yeah, that's cool. Uh, what's that called, a harkarana? Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know what it's called. Yeah. He's it. breaking that out in developmental. You know, that's why everybody <laughs> said they knew you were going to be a blue chipper. Oh God. There's a reason Jr. and everybody else knew that you had it, Kurt. And then we're going to see some of that in this match. Wow. And I just did a jump to the top rope and a flying cross body. That was pretty cool. Yeah. But you know what? I would have, I would have only done this with Steve. Uh, he really jumped my confidence, made my confidence go up. Anytime I wrestled him in the ring, 
uh, I trained with him. I mean, I've trained with him since the beginning. When you were, uh, by the way, and I want to share this with our audience, you're obviously aware you were here, but some of the names that you would work with while you're at the WWF TVs, Brian Christopher, Scott Taylor, Owen Hart, Terry Taylor, Nick Dinsmore, Rob Conway, Hardcore Holly. We've done a whole show on him. Matt Hardy. Uh, we talked about Sean Stasiak, Funaki, Takamichinoku, Ace Darling, Stevie Richards, um, and Joey Abs of the Mean Street Posse. Uh, man, that's like a list of names, a list of talented dudes that you got to work with during these dark matches. They were guys that WWE was utilizing. So it wasn't just I was working dark matches with unknown wrestlers, but most of them were WWE superstars. And that, that's what got me to improve that much quicker. By them put me with more experienced guys. Kurt, you go ahead and uh, and you win this match, and uh, we'll, we'll continue to move on to your career uh, from here. But uh, what about awful matches? Does anything stick out in your mind as like, God, that was awful. What am I doing here? <laughs> I can't remember, and yeah. it's not that I had these perfect matches all the time. I just can't think of anything that I thought was awful. What about, uh, we've talked about this a little bit, but as far as contacts at the office, uh, I know you worked with Dory Funk and was a coach. Were you dealing mostly with say a Jim Ross or a Bruce Pritchard, or was there somebody else at WWF? Jim Ross would, uh, call me every one, every month, once a month and check in with me, see how I was doing. Bruce was more hands-on because he was, uh, kind of affiliated with Tom Pritchard and, you know, his brother, Tom and. In Memphis, you know, pro yep. power, pro wrestling. So uh, Bruce was the one that was literally calling the shots down there of what they wanted power pro wrestling to do with me. So Bruce was the one was talking to Randy Hells, and he actually eventually went to Randy and said, "Listen, you need to start using Kurt. You can't just keep him at opening card. You need to. We need him to win the world title like in in a month or two. Like you you need to really start pushing him." And Randy's like, "He's not ready." I haven't been pushing him because he's not ready. I've, I've been having a wrestle opening card match. I was always the first match. And uh, so what we had to do is that's why I had the ro battle Royal. I won the battle Royal so I could have a world title shot because they couldn't build me up because they didn't have time to build me up. So they ended up having me win the battle Royal to get a shot at beating J.R. Smooth for the world championship. Yeah, let's talk about that. So in May, you would win a battle royal, as you said, to earn a shot for the PPW title. Did you think that you would ever be a champion while down there? Uh, once I won the battle royal, I realized I'm going to hey, wrestle yeah. Tishi, J.R. Smooth back then. Uh, that was his name back then. And uh, I knew I was going to win the title. So I knew my time was coming to head up to the WWE once I won this title. And Bruce Pritchard, by the way, he's uh, he's back and forth between uh, Memphis and WWF, and he, in J late July, becomes an on-screen talent. And uh, it says Dave Brown and Corey Macklin hype the show. They introduce Bruce Pritchard. Pritchard talks about the great talent in PPW and said he keeps a close eye on them for the WWF. Bruce called out Kurt Angle and Steve Bradley. Only Angle came out, which seemed to legitimately confuse everyone. Brit Pritchard told Angle he looked sharp and just needed to get more aggressive. Angle challenged, here you go, J.R. Smooth to a title match, who you said that was Rikishi. Smooth, his lady and black sheep, Bobby Dahl, came out. Smooth cut a promo on Angle and told Pritchard not to eye my girl. Smooth agreed to give Angle a title match, but told him you better eat your Wheaties, pal. Angle thanks Smooth for the title match, and you'd win that match with a belly-to-belly -belly suplex off the top, and you got the he title. He work for it, man. He said, you're going to do a lot of shit tonight because I'm not giving up this title that easily. You're going to have to work for it, and I did. <laughs> 
You did. You're the champion. But I want to talk to you because you used the belly to belly to win. Um, and we know that your finisher will become the Olympic slam. When did that whole shift happen? For some reason, I wasn't using it back then, even though I was practicing it. I just didn't think uh, I never brought it up because I didn't think anybody would believe that would be a good finish. Once I got up to WWE, they were like, that's a great finish. You should have been using this the whole time. So it was kind of my fault that I was a little unconfident to bring it up and utilize it during uh, Power Pro Wrestling. But unfortunately, I didn't. But, you know, the past is the past. Yeah. You'd uh, you'd wrestle Vic Grimes as your first title defense. Do you have any memories of uh, working with a big guy like Vic? Yeah, Vic was big. I mean, like really big, like wide. You know, he... He had a lot of volume to his body. I mean, the guy had to be probably 370, 380. Uh, he wasn't that tall, maybe 5'10", 5'11", uh, but he had a lot of a lot of body size. He was a really hard dude to move, and uh, but but he did pretty well. I he he got up for me on a few occasions that I was pretty pretty impressed by his size. Well, listen, buddy, it's time for you to uh, drop the belt, and in early August, August you'd lose to. Steve Bradley. Steve Bradley, yes. And yes. Jim Jim Cornette uh, would come out. I, I didn't lose much. I only lost like one. Yeah. Match. I only lost one match against Steve Bradley. Uh, they, they really protected me pretty well, both in Power Pro Wrestling and during the WWE Dark matches. And Jim Cornette's instrumental in the loss, right? He helps Bradley get the win from you. Uh, but here you go. Like you said, you lost. This is different for you. You haven't lost much. How was that for your first you uh, time? For me, all I cared about at this particular time was having a good match. It didn't matter okay. if I won or lost. I never even kept tabs on how many wins I had or even how many losses I had. All that matters is that I was keep getting better and that I had great matches. Talk about working with Jim Cornette down in Memphis. He was genius, man. Uh, he's crazy as hell. I'm not going to lie to you, but uh, he has great ideas and concepts. He's, he has a great mind for the business. I love his old school uh, you know, um, prognosis on wrestling. He really uh, likes to, to be old school. He likes good guy versus oh, bad yeah. guy. Really good uh, chain wrestling, in-ring psychology. Uh, he likes to keep it basic and simple, and I, I like that too. Clip, there, uh, Kurt, there was a fun angle uh, that I want to play for you real quick. It's you, Steve Bradley, Jim Cornette, and they're trying to put you in a freezer. Do you remember this? <laughs> yeah. Here we go. Let's check it out. The Power Hour, and wild things have been going on around here, including last night over in uh, Blytheville, Arkansas. Uh, take a look at this action from uh, matches, which that's Jim Cornette with that's, the uh, that's sport coat. Actually, after the match, in the kitchen area of the concession stands over in Blytheville, yeah. Steve Bradley working on Kurt Angle back in that kitchen area. And just running wild after the matches were over. Yeah, there's Obviously, Cornette. Cornette continuing on his project to try to hurt everybody. Cornette throwing all those carts on uh, Angle right there. Yeah, they're running his head into the what is it, a freezer or cabinets or something. There. And then getting all the uh, delivery cartons and anything they can find. And just working Kurt over. Ah, oh, no, he's not open. That's a freezer over there he's got open. Cornette and Bradley in the, uh, again, this is from last night's action over in Blytheville, Arkansas, Power Pro Wrestling. This is after the match. And yeah, that's putting him in that freezer there. 
Uh, yeah, Cornette with that tennis racket. They're trying to trying to get him in the uh, in the deep freeze there, and that's uh, in that big freezer. Oh, oh fire extinguisher. And there's oh, Brandon, Brandon Baxter. Baxter behind that thing. The matchmaker out there to uh, to help rescue. Uh, so, Kurt, listen, this is, uh, at least from us watching, your first real exposure to the E, the entertainment part of wrestling. What did you think <laughs> of this whole thing? Uh, it was dumb as hell, but you know what? It's just another experience that I got to got to do. And, you know, it, it was kind of um, lame. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, I mean, you know, it, it was something I could work with. And it and and you know they're doing all this and and the hoopla and and the gaga if you want to call it because the the plan is to book you in a thirty minute marathon match against Steve Bradley. Bradley gets the win, but here you are, your first thirty minute match. Were you nervous about it? Oh my God, yeah. I never went longer than ten minutes at this particular time. Now they want me to go thirty. I was like, holy shit! But you know what? I sucked it up and I and I I dug my heels in and I. I think I did a pretty good job. Well, Kurt, listen, we are here. It's your final appearance on Power Pro Wrestling TV. We're going to show it to you, and then we're going to jump into some fan questions before we wrap up. Let's take a look. Kurt Angle's final appearance on PPW TV. Here comes Kurt Angle, the former Olympian. He heads for the ring. He is focused. He's going after Mick Tierney. He is also looking ahead to Wolfie D. Kurt Angle, the former Power Pro Champion, and he would like to remove the word former and just be the Power Pro Champion once again. Kurt and Whoopi D, tag team partners for several weeks, both of them the same goal, the Power Pro Heavyweight Championship. One of them gets that chance, they get it tonight, they meet in a contender match, and then they will meet the champion, whoever that winner is. Hey, what about your big buddy Brandon in that videotape? I told you guys last week we had some shock. Yeah, right, Kevin. You're part of that whole thing. Kevin Christian over here there, running I was his there, mouth I was about the camera, so I know that that dude was all true. Yeah, right. Well, how come you didn't show us his face if you're such a great cameraman, Mr. Christian? Kurt Angle, Mick Tierney, meanwhile, going at each other. This Tierney, he's scary, let me tell you. Kurt. Goes for the press, didn't work. Mick Tierney caught him in midair. Power slams him down to the mat. One, two, no, only a two count. Kurt Angle's still alive. You know, I have all the respect in the world for Kurt Angle. The going from the amateur wrestling gold medal winner to a professional wrestling star is not easy. He defeated J.R. Smooth, won the Power Pro Heavyweight Championship, and he's a great wrestler. A personality conflict with Whoopi D, a style conflict, but tonight at the two days, it should be sensational. It should be. Mr. Angle has certainly proven that he can wrestle on the professional level, and you're exactly right. It's like daylight and dark, the difference in the amateur style and the professional style. Mick Tierney, oh, backdrop. One thing, Dave, I'm not used to, to doing this out here with you, but it's hard to keep your mind on the match when something uh, happens like the Brian Christopher situation, something that's serious, and Leg he lock. him down. Leg block by Tierney, but uh, angled over near the ropes. You're exactly right with that situation with Christopher, though. Against Doug Gilbert, the two don't like each other. Booked in a match tonight at the New Daisy. I'm hoping Doug is okay. Down to two, three, got it. The Baron Angle gets the win over Mick Tierney, and Mr. Angle can celebrate the victory, but now he needs to look ahead to the new Daisy. 
because that's where the action will be tonight. There it is, Kurt. Final appearance in Memphis. Looking back, how much did you learn from your time down there? Was it invaluable or what? Yeah, yeah, especially uh, rooming with Steve Bradley and learning a lot of stuff from him. Uh, if I didn't have him there, I don't think I would have improved as quickly as I did. I wouldn't have been ready when WWE expected me to be ready. So, uh, you know, I thought that I was going to train for two or three years before I went on TV. I didn't know I was just going to train for seven or eight months, and then they were going to pick me up and, you know, throw me throw me out in the sea and say, sink or swim. That's what Vince McMahon did. And uh, unfortunately, I swam. <laughs> Uh, Nick Lenz says, uh, when you were in development, was Jerry the King Lawler ever on hand for any of your matches? Every once in a while. He even did a couple of matches. He may have invented a couple of shows, but Jerry would be down there here and there every once in a while. I know he was busy with his WWE contract, but yeah, he would show up. Uh, Joey, the Tori Amos guy said, did you get to work with someone that could have been a main eventer and developmental who didn't work out and someone who did? I mean, you've talked about Bradley. I mean, this is a guy that you thought could have been. He's, he's the name. Yeah. Steve Bradley's the one guy that never made it that definitely deserved to make it. I mean, this kid should have been several time world champion. Uh, he had it all, man. I mean, this kid had the whole ball of wax and uh, he taught me so much and uh, when you're a good teacher, that's when you know you're an incredible wrestler. Final question this week, Kurt, a wrestling historian. What did you think of Randy Hales? Thanks in advance. Randy Hales. I, I, I didn't mind him. I, I liked Randy. I don't know if he liked me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> How know, could you not love Kurt Angle? Come on. He, he didn't have any plans for me. And he didn't, I don't know if he just didn't see me progress or he was just overlooking me. Uh, but for some reason, he didn't have plans for me. So uh, until WWE stepped in and said, listen, you got to do something with them right now. And that's when they had me win the battle Royal and then win the title from JR smooth. Uh, if that, if the WWE wouldn't have spoke up, I would have been still in Memphis championship. Right? I would have been a power pro wrestling to this day. <laughs> Kurt, you would have been down there commentating. Well, listen, <laughs> next week, we're going to talk about your run as SmackDown GM. I can't wait. We're going to have some fun with that one, but guys, listen, remember to check out all of his past top impact moments at impactwrestling.com forward slash packages and sign up with code Kurt. That does us a lot of help. We would appreciate it. Also, if your business targets 25 to 54 year old men, there's no better place to advertise than right here with us on the Kurt angle show. You've heard us do ads for some of the same companies for years. It's because it works. And we have a target of audience and very little goes to waste. So go to advertisewithangle.com and find out more how you can advertise right here on the Kurt Angle Show with your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle. Also, check out AFS, adfreeshows.com. Right now, they're offering a free trial for up to a week. And then you can sign up for just $9 a month. And you can enjoy everything that comes with that membership. Uh, you get that. Find out what it's all about. So start your free trial today at adfreeshows.com. You get to experience live experiences. Me and Kurt do Q&As from time to time. And we have a live studio audience. And we have an absolute blast with us check us out on social media you can find kurt go to his instagram at the angle pod and at the real kurt angle i'm telling you his at the real kurt angle instagram is 
very entertaining. And if you want to join a live like I did, you can certainly do it there. Follow them on Twitter at Kurt Angle and us on at The Angle Pod. And, uh, and then also, you can't forget, we're not going to let you forget about YouTube. That's youtube.com forward slash The Angle Pod. Smash the likes, the subscribes, turn on the notifications. It really helps us out. Kurt, I'm going to send it over to you because it's time for you to tell us about chicken snacks over at Physically chicken Fit. Chicken snacks. That's right. Chicken snacks. Um, we got the whole ball of wax here, 11 different flavors. One's plant protein, one's uh, chicken protein. Now, they're, um, you can purchase these at uh, physicallyfit.com. If you use the pro code Angle, AnglePod, you'll get 20% off your first order. And if you sign up as a lifetime member on the website, you get 20% off the rest of your life. But these things are absolutely incredible. I love them. I eat them every day. They're part of my diet. And I've never been in better shape than I am right now. So these things really work. And that's even after binging on Easter candy. Uh, you know, you, you move right back into those chicken snacks and it'll take care of you. Also, I got my cheat days, my cheat meals. There you go. I'm sure I know you do. Check out KurtAnglebrand.com, by the way, too. And you're going to find out a lot of great merchandise from Kurt, whether you want a birthday card, whether you want a, a cameo video, a cowboy hat, a milk carton, T-shirt, autograph, whatever the case may be. You will click on that website. You will see his scary, I mean, beautiful face, and you will be able to navigate it and find all kinds of great stuff for the Kurt Angle fan in your life. And finally, check out Box of gimmicks.com that's where you're going to find that you're absolutely right t-shirt as well as the ratings machine t-shirt and all the other great merchandise that we have at the current get some Angle different shirt. cool stuff there man. that's it's right yeah it is different and cool listen this has been a blast kurt learning all about how you developed into the wrestling hero and star that you became and, and i'm uh, still to this day paul <laughs> yes you still are hello he still is a star and uh kurt i had a lot of fun with you this week man me too paul i always have fun with you man same thing buddy listen we'll be back again next week talking all about you as the smackdown general manager on behalf of your olympic hero kurt angle this is paul bromwell and we'll see you right back here next week on the kurt angle show John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra five to ten. What if I give you 15 to 20? You pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.